back to another episode of the Tan and J-Man Show. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Tanner, in the middle of February, is in Hawaii. So I have the pleasure of being joined by my father, Dan Munt. How you doing tonight, Dad? Hey, I'm doing great, man. What a privilege it is to be sitting in for yeah. Tan. Yeah, uh, big uh, big shoes to fill, that's for sure. Big shoes. I guarantee you, I won't fill them as well as he can, but uh, I'll do my best, though. Uh, tell, tell the people a little about yourself, your fandoms, how, how you became a fan of these terrible teams that I have happened to inherit. <laughs> yeah, first of all, I just want to say I'm sorry. Uh, rough, rough 31 years. Yeah, well, first of all, let me say something about the Tan and Dayman show. This is, tonight is my bucket list. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Uh, I've looked forward to this. I think you told me about it a month or so ago, and I've had it on my calendar. I'm actually uh, in Seattle uh, next to a mountain, so hopefully I'm going to have good Wi-Fi. But I totally look forward to this. This has been our entertainment for Monday nights for now about four years. So um, anyway. Talking about my team, sorry, Josh, you inherited them all from me. Uh, first of all, the Chicago Cubs is are generational for me. Uh, we've been Chicago Cubs fans and my family, my dad, my grandfather for years. In fact, I remember talking to my dad. He was in a nursing home. He had no clue the Cubs won the World Series, but I went and put a Cubs hat on. And I said, they won, Dad. And uh, my grandpa was the same way. He's a big Cubs fan. And then, really, uh, football-wise, Miami Dolphins is kind of an odd team for us. But uh, back in 1972, everybody in my household were Bears fans, and I was just sick of it. And so I turned on TV. I said, I'm not going to be a Bears fan. And here was this aqua and white team, and they were the best team in the NFL in 1972, and that's when I became a Dolphin fan. So, uh, and then University of Illinois, same thing. Uh, just because I was born and raised in Illinois, uh, everybody around me were Iowa fans because we're close. I live closer, a lot closer to uh, Hawkeye Stadium, but I just decided I was going to go against the trend and be an Illinois fan. So, sorry, Josh, you kind of followed along. I gave you no choice growing up. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. We, uh, we had the one good Cubs moment. We had a good... Illinois basketball moment. Um, but the Dolphins have made the playoffs three times since 2001. Uh, so that's been uh, that's been pretty brutal. Always something to look forward to, though. <laughs> yeah, we, our teams. We, we, we try to go to at least one game a year, which is always fun. And they finally got a win in October when we went. But it, uh, it hasn't always gone well for us. Now, we, we always like to choose the most difficult matchups, too, going – Right. See them in in New England. We saw well. I guess we saw them play the Lions and Raiders. There's no excuse to lose to them. But uh, had had to see them play in Indianapolis during their uh, the RCA Dome days, which they was that right. was a place where uh, teams just didn't go in there and win ever. Not um, at all. And yeah. we had to watch Cleo Lemon try to win that one. That didn't go. In fact, well, I but, think that uh, was Colts Super Bowl year. The year they won. I, th I think it was. Yeah, because yeah, mm -hmm. Colts came into the year or came into the playoffs. Their defense was awful. It was terrible. And, yeah. and then they played, I think they played Baltimore. And did they beat who? I don't, I don't remember who they beat in the. Was it San they, Diego? I I think the Patriots beat San Diego in order to oh, okay. play the Colts because okay. Peyton had a real hard time with the Chargers. Um, he did. Back yeah. then. And that was a, I think that was a 15 and one Chargers team. And uh, we all thought the Chargers right. were going to, were going to win the AFC because mm -hmm. Colts had such a, difficult time with them they would have had to go to san diego but then uh, new england upset them um right i think uh, i remember that. i think nick novak was a kicker for the chargers he missed a field goal but uh yeah that right. yeah that that was a that was a weird cult here because that was probably maybe their fourth or fifth best team in that era and that somehow was the right. one that ended up winning the championship definitely wasn't their best uh defense but they got good in the playoffs so that defense yeah. played unbelievable and then they took on the bears and the super bowl yeah and played really well and everybody was shocked so yeah uh bob sanders i remember that's kind of when he made a mm -hmm. name for himself um yep. same with university Dwight of iowa. yep university of iowa guy yep. uh but yeah and then they had the fortune of playing rex grossman in the uh in the super bowl <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i still remember coming out of rca dome and you have a dolphin outfit on and this uh, Colts fan come up to you, came up to you that 
definitely had way too much to drink and he saw you and he shoved you. Yep. Somebody grabbed me and said, because I turned to look at the guy and somebody grabbed me and said, he ain't worth it. He's just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I was wearing a Randy McMichael jersey. Uh-huh. I, I remember. And some, I, I was only, what was I, 14 at the time? I, I probably looked older than I was, but uh, yeah, that's that's when I realized Colts fans are really mean. Now now they're pretty nice because they haven't been very good here the past <laughs> 10, true. 12 years. And I, and I couldn't I, be more glad. I, I don't hate them as much as I used to, but I, I used to, yeah. they were my least favorite team in sports there for about a five-year stretch. Yep. Um, but. Yeah, me too. And I, I really have great admiration for Peyton Manning, but I didn't when he was playing the Colts just yeah. because they were so good. Yeah, we had to hear about it. He was just unstoppable. Yeah. Uh, Before we get any further, I will give you a uh, birdie bogey question here. As you said, huge Cubs fan. Um, And the trivia question I have is, in 2016, what Cubs starting pitcher led Major League Baseball in ERA? Uh, In 2016, what Cubs starting pitcher led Major League Baseball in ERA? You can answer it at the end of the show. I think you have a pretty good chance to get that one. In uh, 2016, I yes. know for sure who it was in 2015. Yeah, 2016. This it's yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to give you any hints. Oh, I know who it was. Yeah, you, you, you should get it. But uh, Birdie Bogey is brought to you by Arlington Public House. Arlington Public House has upscale cuisine and cocktails with a casual atmosphere. Located 703 Main Street in Rochester, Indiana. Uh, tonight, if you are watching the Tan and J-Man show, head over to Arlington Public House afterwards because their special is a prime rib sandwich, which is topped with caramelized onions, provolone cheese, banana peppers, horse radish cream sauce, and a cup of au jus for 20 bucks. That sounds pretty, wow, pretty that good. sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Well, you know what? Let's start with the Cubs. Um, off-season of moves, they, uh, they kind of... They, they needed to go out and do something, especially at the shortstop position. You knew you had to need it at second base or shortstop. You could keep Nico at short, move him to second base, getting one of the elite guys. They missed out on Xander Bogarts. They missed out on Carlos Correa, and they missed out on Trey Turner. And so you're kind of left with Dansby Swanson, uh, who I've been kind of wishy-washy on in his career. had a really good year this past year. Um, and then they go out and give him $175 million or something like that. Um, that, that was a need that they addressed. They needed starting pitching help. Jameson Tyone, another guy, uh, who they signed to, uh, I think $80 million deal. Uh, but what has been your kind of thoughts on the Cubs off season so far? And how do you think going forward, um, they can kind of get back to competing? Cause it's, it's been a few mediocre years that we had not been really accustomed to here the past 10 years or so. Right. Yeah, uh, as far as Swanson, um, I don't know. I mean, Correa, everybody wanted Correa, but that turned out to be a pretty good no move there for the Cubs, it looks like. And uh, Swanson, I mean, they gave him a lot of money. I think he will be a very good shortstop. Hopefully he can hit about 280 and, you know, 25 home runs. That would be great. Uh, But I will say this. I think they'll have the best middle infield and maybe outfield in all of baseball with, yeah. with Nico and Swanson. Uh, it felt like some of the Cubs moves were, I mean, they answered a need, but did they really get A-listers? However, um, my view is to win championships. I mean, the Dodgers could be a perfect example mm-hmm. of this. Yeah, I mean, they, they have certainly a good farm system, but they start adding a lot of parts to it. And have won one World Series. Now, they've been to the yep. playoffs. Anybody would take their record, no question about it. But to me, the way you build a team is through the farm system. Mm-hmm. You you get these guys like Swanson to come in, veterans to kind of stabilize the club. Uh, you know what you're going to get when they come in. But, man, let's focus on guys like uh, Brennan and Pete Crow Armstrong and, mm-hmm. and Mervis and guys like that, who I think are going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree because you, you look at the Dodgers, even though they were winning and they were spending a ton of money, giving up a mm-hmm. bunch of draft picks to sign these guys, somehow their farm system depth was so great. And it that was. should be the model um, of how you build a farm system. I, I know the Tampa Bay Rays did it first, and so the Dodgers went and stole their GM to be their 
president of baseball ops. But yeah, that is the way you do it. They had the prospect depth to trade for Max Scherzer, had the prospect depth to trade for Mookie Betts, uh, had the prospect depth to trade for Trey Turner. Um, And that's, I mean, mean, it's great to have these guys um, in their farm system come up and be these superstar guys. But also if you can create depth, you can go out and get superstars um, just by trading guys that are like maybe top 10 prospect in your organization, instead of trading your elite, elite prospects um, for these guys. And I think that's kind of what the Cubs are doing. Uh, This has been their um, over the past couple of years, obviously they had a bunch of graduations to the major leagues. They're uh, they were spending money signing guys. They were losing draft picks. So they're, prospects their depth wasn't very good but also their elite guys weren't even very good uh their top guys weren't even very good but now they're starting to build uh this prospect depth where you can have a matt mervis who's like a top 15-ish prospect in the cubs organization he hits 35 bombs last year and is in competition to win the first base or dh job um to start the season pete crow armstrong traded javier baez for pete crow armstrong that was like a great deal now pete crow is one of the uh, top 30 prospects in baseball, middle of the diamond guy, great defensive center fielder. They think he can be a future leadoff guy, steals a ton of bases, just a really fun player to watch too. Um, and then you, and then you look at uh, another guy that they traded um, for uh, Kevin Alcantara. Uh, they traded Anthony Rizzo for him. He looks like I, I was reading a prospect list that said Kevin Alcantara after this year will end up being a top 50 prospect. He's not even on top 100 oh, um, wow. list right mm-hmm. now. Uh, he's six, six ton of power. And I think he'll be able to stick in center field too, which is huge. Uh, so that looks like a great move. You have the deals when trading Chris Bryant, where you picked up Alexander Canario and Caleb Killian, uh, who Cal- Killian did struggle in his time. Uh, but that, that is how you build a de- especially sustainable. Right. Um, a sustainable winning program is through that. And you don't have to go through the rebuilds. Now the Dodgers on paper look like they will be a little down this year. Cause they lost Trey Turner. They lost a few other guys, but at the same time, at the end of the day, they'll probably still be sitting there with 90, 95 wins. And right. then, well, they still um, have the pitching. Yes. But it's getting sure. older. It, and, it, it, and I, I thought their best pitcher last year was the one that was hurt most of the year. Mm-hmm. Is that Bueller? I thought uh, he was yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, Walker Bueller is one of their best guys. Dustin May is also really good, and he missed the majority of the year. Right. Uh, Kershaw contemplated retirement at the end of this past season. So he's yeah. 34, 35. Uh, you can't rely on him. Then you had the whole Trevor Bauer situation where he's right. now a free agent. Um, but Am I going to pick him up? I, 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 I would be shocked. It's it, The Me allegations too. were too strong, even though the charges were dropped and all that and the suspension's up. Um. I can't imagine anyone would take the chance on him. Maybe a year or two down the line where they feel like it's cooled off a little bit, maybe. Um, I'm really glad um, for one that the Cubs, because I, I know the Cubs really liked him for years, but I'm glad the Cubs didn't go out and get him. Because for one, I, I never liked him when he was with the Reds, but then the allegations right. come out and makes you hate him even more. I didn't like him when he was with Cleveland. I, I didn't I either. I thought he had no respect for other players. Yep. Definitely no respect for the manager. Yes. Um, yeah, so, that, I mean, you can get a guy like that, great pit, pitcher, but he just ruins your clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to 2016 for the Cubs, they were friends. They got along. I mean, yeah. hearing them talk about each other uh, was amazing. I mean, that's yeah. culture. And to me, that also plays into winning because mm-hmm. you got to be with these guys for 160 plus games. And, you know, you got to you got to like each other a yeah. little bit. So. Yeah, you. Uh, that was the one thing Joe Madden did so well is create right. culture. Um, now he didn't do great at the end of his tenure because he they kind of sustained winning, and it's kind of hard to um, keep that up. And I I know Theo has even said that he had a hard time. He was great at building teams, terrible right. at maintenance, uh, yeah. which I think Joe Madden would agree with um, for himself as well. Uh, sure. So yeah, co- culture thing and. Bauer's not a great culture guy. I mean, that whole incident where uh, Terry Francona was coming out to get get him and he just chucked the ball into the center field stands. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Francona was mad. I'm sure his players were embarrassed, for one. Oh, so um, embarrassing. Yeah, I, I've, 
I've heard stories that not many Dodgers players liked him at all. It even goes back to his high school days. He had like zero friends, even just yeah, reading about that. I can see that. Um, Garrett Cole and mm-hmm. he were in the same UCLA rotation. Can you believe how good that rotation wow. is? That's Garrett incredible. Cole has despised him since day one of their freshman season. Wow. So um, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, he just seems very unlikable. He, Great he, pitcher. He but does. Very unlikable. Yeah, and and especially in today's world, uh, you you need good culture guys if you're going to do anything, um, right. at re- really any walk of life, but especially in sports, as you said, playing yeah, hundred sixty games in hundred eighty yeah. days. You know, you're with each other all the time. I don't care how high above the law you think you are because of money and fame. You can't abuse people. It's right. going to catch up with you, and yep. and people are going to put up with it. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. and. And going back to your point about Swanson, um, him coming in as kind of the veteran guy, it reminds me a little bit of when the Cubs had the prospects coming up in 2014 and then they signed John Lester and David Ross. It kind of felt like, okay, now we feel like we can win. Um, And I hopefully this is a seismic shift in organizational philosophy because I think uh, Tom Ricketts really bungled the previous five years and uh, they didn't capitalize on winning at all when they had every opportunity every opportunity to do so. And mm-hmm. um, and the issue that I have with Jed Hoyer is he waits for these guys to become free agents, but guys aren't becoming free agents anymore. Uh, Raphael Devers mm-hmm. signed a $300 million contract with the Red Sox, uh, an extension with the Red Sox. Manny Machado just signed a $300 million extension with the Padres. He was expected to become a free agent and would have been a top target. Now you look at the free agent bats, the best free agent bat out there is Ian Happ, and he's on your own roster already. And how yeah. much is he going to cost now? Yeah. because they haven't been able to get an extension done with him. Um, so hopefully they'll be able to get an extension done with Nico. He's, he, he's a guy I want around for a while. He's, he's just, a, yeah. he, 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 for one, seems like a good clubhouse guy, uh, works hard, stayed Definitely. healthy last year, which is huge. And he's one of the best defensive players in all of baseball. He really is. And I think Cap, you can't overlook him all-star last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Gold Glover too. And he, he was not thought of to be a good defensive player. Right. Yeah, definitely. And he really has worked on his game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ian Happ is who I thought Javi would be. I thought Javi would continue to get better and better and better. But it it seems like Javi kind of reached his ceiling. He did. And uh, But Happ hasn't seemed to do that yet. He, he works on his game hard. And uh, so hopefully he'll keep doing that. Um, but I think you assign them both. I mean, they're young guys. <laughs> Very talented. You can build a team around them. And, uh, you know, I think I think you sign guys like that. Otherwise, you're going to lose them. Yeah. So. And, and then there's no free agent bats out there to replace them with. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it's great to have all these prospects, but they're so risky. The Cubs got so lucky that all of those guys, for the most part, turned into studs. Right. Um, yeah. and, and even you look at it, Jorge Soler wasn't mm-hmm. as good as they thought he was going to be. Uh, right. Addison Russell fizzled out quick. Uh, yeah. Kyle Schwarber didn't hit like they thought he would. Now, now he's mashing, but back then he right. didn't. So you can't just rely on, oh, we, we can just plug Brendan Davis in here. We can plug Pete Crow Armstrong in here. You you just don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. I mean, of all the guys, I thought Soler and Schwarber were going to be around forever. Yeah. Uh, I thought they were going to bat, you know, 280 and, you know, 30 home runs a year and, yeah. Uh, and Schwarber, I mean, when you look at that World Series, 2016 World Series with no practice, and he came in and had an impact. Yeah. I mean, that was unbelievable that they were starting. In fact, I was mad that they started him because I thought, man, what are you doing? The guy hasn't played all year. He's yeah. been injured. Uh, his his speed <laughs> is going to be really low at bat, yet he comes in and matches. Yeah. He yeah. was unbelievable. Yeah. And it- he even ran the bases some. It, it, it was funny watching. He he went and hit seven. He was seven for 17 after not facing major league pitching since early April, which is absurd. Yeah. It's uh, crazy. You, you, you can take as many at bats in the Arizona fall league as you want, but you strap it on and play in a world series game right. and um, somehow make an impact against Corey Kluber, uh, yeah. who was all world. The best at that of the time. Best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, that's pretty, pretty remarkable. Yeah, I actually think the reason why the Cubs won that World Series is because they did not have home field advantage. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then they could use the DH, and Kyle became the DH. Yeah. 
I mean, I thought that was, I mean, I didn't like it at first because Cubs had a better record than Cleveland, but I actually think that was the reason they won the World Series. Yeah, they got the extra hitter, and I think World Series teams play tight at home because there's this nervous energy where they can play more free on the road. Um, Because those first two games at home, they were real tight. Lost one nothing, and then got down big early um, against Cleveland, and then they found a way to win game five, but um, yeah, I, I really think that helped, um, as well. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So what other teams do you think has made the biggest impact in the national league this year? Uh, national league, the Mets are just spending ridiculous amounts of money and hoping it all works. Cause it, it hasn't right. for a while. Uh, I think the Mets will be good. Phillies kind of, I mean, it's, it's probably the Phillies. I mean, they were the world series, uh, runner up. Right. A National League champs, then they go out and get one of the best shortstops in baseball and Trey Turner. Add him with Bryce Harper, who's recovering pretty well from Tommy John surgery. He probably miss a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, Nick Castellanos had a better postseason than he had regular season. Uh, Schwarber hit 40 bombs or something like that. Uh, JT Real Muto still there. They have good uh, pitching. I think uh, on paper, they're the team to be definitely in the uh, NL East, although the Braves should be pretty good again. Um, of course, say, Wilson- pretty loaded. Yeah, Wilson Contreras. I want to talk about Wilson Contreras a little bit because yeah. um signs with the Cardinals, and then he has not stopped bashing the Chicago Cubs since he got yeah, I there. I don't get it. I don't get um, it. He, I mean, he's such an emotional guy, and he was sobbing during his last game. The fans loved him, and he is just – I. It's, it, it's to the point his first game there, I think he's going to get booed. Which is terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's terrible, but he brought it on himself. He, Not the he did saying say yeah. Cardinals are a better organization. It, it it reminds me a lot of when Ryan Terrio went there, said he's finally on the right. right side of the rivalry, which not many people liked Ryan Terrio to begin with, but people loved Wilson Contreras and he goes and say Cardinals are a better organization, all of that. Now, I'm sure he and Jed didn't have a great relationship because sure. contract extension talks broke down. They didn't trade him at the deadline when they probably should have. Um, but still, it's like Dexter Fowler handled it perfectly. And he got a standing say, ovation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hayward handled it perfectly, although the Cardinals fans hated him for it, mm-hmm. and they, they booed him. But um, I just don't know. It it doesn't help. For one, the, the funny thing is um, Wainwright threw 50 pitches. No, he threw I, – I, I don't know how many pitches Wainwright threw to Wilson Contreras in their first spring training game, but he only threw 50% of them for strikes. Um, uh, which, which is, which is crazy. Cause Wainwright's one For of the, him, yeah. yeah, one of the best control guys in baseball. So I think they're going to have, they're going to have a major dip in defensive production behind the plate. He'll hit more than right. Yachty did, but, um, I, I don't think it's that much of an upgrade to be honest. I, I don't either. And, you know, I'm sure Cubs fans hate that they didn't sign him, but here's the guy he's almost 30 years old or is he, is he, he, 30 years he is old? 30. He'll turn 31 in May, I believe. Yeah. And you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a guy that he's a hard worker, no doubt. But he's, I mean, he's he's a streaky hitter. Yeah. And he's got a lot of passion. But do you pay $70, 80000000 dollars for passion? Yeah, you know? I, yeah, I, I thought it was a weird deal. I'm, I, I at the time, I'm like, hey, I'm glad Wilson got paid. Um, right. I'm glad the Cubs didn't give him that deal because honestly, he didn't hit as much as he should have, right. and it, it was to the point his defense was so bad that he was a DH for a majority of the year last year. Yep. So now the Cardinals are going to replace a, uh, maybe the best defensive catcher of all time in Yadier Molina for a guy who's just, he's, he can throw, but he's not a good right. game caller or pitch framer or any of that stuff. So, right. Yeah. Now Cubs didn't upgrade much at catcher, which could hurt them. Their offense definitely is downgraded, but I, I do like Tucker Barnhart because he's a really good yeah, catch and throw guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like him, and Gomes is a great backup, and yeah, you know it, he's it, just I, a solid guy. Yeah, I I bet it's pretty close to fifty fifty um, split because right. I I think Gomes is going to be their guy. Uh, the mm-hmm. good thing about Tucker is he's switch hitter, uh, so you can mm-hmm. face him against tough righties. But yeah, they right. they definitely didn't go out and try to buy offense there. Uh, they just want. Which, which again adds they might have the best defense in baseball this year after having a pretty bad one because you replace um, you replace Nick Madrigal with Nico Horner and then Dansby's over there. Uh, right. C- Cody Bellinger in center fielder is an 
immense upgrade over Rafael Ortega or whoever was out there. Right. Hermosillo. Yeah. <laughs> um, you never knew who was there. out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, th- that might be my favorite signing of the offseason, the one-year deal for Bellinger, because it's, it's really boom or bust. Uh, he has a right. pretty high floor because he's so good defensively. But, man, if he can be half of the hitter he was, they have a really good chance to make the playoffs. He can hit 250. I mm-hmm. mean, I think last year he was, what, 210, 216, yeah, something like that. He'll run into some homers, uh, but mm-hmm. he, he can play, obviously, elite defensively in center fielder. He, he can also play first base, too, which is which is big, because I don't think Eric Hosmer is going to last more than two months before they ship him off. Right, um, I agree. So. Yeah. Hey, one thing I did want to say about Contreras that it, this is probably the thing that upsets me most is the Cubs recognized him and brought him on when he was a teenager. Yeah. I mean, he was 16 years old at yeah. Dominican he, Republic. Yeah. He he was a he was a he'd been around so long he was a Jim Hendry signing. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So then for them to blast him to blast them. I just don't think that pays you in a long run. I mean, you didn't see Chris Bryant doing that. Definitely didn't see Dexter doing that when they didn't re-sign him. You, you know, Anthony's had his moments, but I, I think if he comes back to Wrigley, he's going to get a standing oh, ovation. Sure. But, I mean, Wilson just – he hurt himself. That's the problem. He hurt himself. Yeah, and, yeah, there there was no need. Like, just yeah, like praise no the Cubs organization said, have, had a great time there. Uh, now I'm with the Cardinals. I'm where I'm supposed to be. He, he didn't have to go on this whole rant about how he's finally in a good organization, all that. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. But, yep. Um, yeah. What about the American League? Anybody I, make any moves? Um, I'm trying to think America. Carlos Correa is back with the Twins. Uh, Rangers signed Jacob deGrom. I'm trying to think about who all signed. Uh, Carlos Rodon's with the Yankees. Judge went back to the Yankees. So Yankees will be good. It's pretty big. Rizzo Red Sox went back to the Yankees. Yeah, Rizzo did as well. Red Sox will be trash. Um, their fan base is, has really turned on ownership and uh, the front office there, uh, which yeah. is kind of funny to see because they they have nobody. Bogarts is gone. JD Martinez is gone. Uh, they they might be the worst team in the American League this year, which is hard mm. to even think about. Uh, yeah. You can't even fathom the Red Sox being the worst team in the American League, but it's trending that way. Uh, Rays will this be team- good. Yeah, this team where I am right now in Seattle, I mean, they have high hopes. Yeah. And I don't know that anyone that wasn't a Seattle fan during the playoffs last year playing Houston. Yeah, yeah. I certainly was. Any Anybody that plays Houston, I'm going to go, yeah. you know, for them, for sure. Yeah, first time in 21 years making the playoffs, and those fans did not disappoint. They were loud. They did not. Uh, yeah. They, yeah, they were excited, and it, it was fun to see. It's fun. I, I want new blood in the American League because the Astros won the World Series again. Right. Uh, you know they're probably going to be back. Yankees are going to be good again. Um, the AL Central is kind of up for grabs. Who knows who's going to be good there? Right. But uh, it's all. It's kind of the same. The same guard. You have the Braves, Dodgers, Cardinals. Brewers have been around for a while now. Phillies are good again. Um, so, yeah, well, Brewers. I mean, will they be any good, Brewers? Um, Brewers still have have their pitching. Uh, although Cor- Corbin Burns, <laughs> it's funny because he'll be a free agent after next season, I think. But they went to arbitration for his contract because the Brewers did not want to settle. I think they were only off a hundred thousand. Brewers could have done some really good will by giving him the extra hundred thousand. And now it's to the point 000. where Corbin Burns was so mad that he's probably not gonna come back. Uh for a hundred all for a hundred thousand. It was like a hundred thousand to a quarter million. That's it. And wow. So so they they tick off their ace, uh, which is stupid, especially the guy That's who's really gonna be a free tough. agent in a few <laughs> years. Um, so they they've had a little bit of controversy there. They still can't hit though their team, which that's, they struggled last year. Um, They, they should be good just because their pitching's good, but I mean, traded Josh Hader. He's no longer there. So their bullpen's not as good as it was. Um, I think the Reds and Pirates will be bad. Pirates should be better. They'll be more interesting at least, but the Reds were interesting last year. Yeah. They started getting a little better last year. Yeah, they have um, trying to think of their shortstop that came up. Uh, for, I forget his name, but he's he's really good. Brian Reynolds is good. Uh, he's been around mm-hmm. for a while. Um, they they and they they made a few moves where they actually signed veteran major leaguers. Um, mm-hmm. 
But other than that, uh, I think we covered baseball pretty good. And Reds seems like they have some good pitching. Uh, better pitching coming up? Is that right? Um, yes. So so Hunter Green's the guy who throws 104 miles an That's hour. Right. They have uh, Nick Lodolo. Uh, and, but, yeah, their, their farm system is really good. It's one of the top probably five to ten in all of baseball. And they're getting pretty close, too. Um, to the major leagues, so they'll they'll be better here within a few years. They kind of did the um, rebuild route, right. uh, but the Vado contracts hurting him a little bit. He's he's a likable guy; he just can't hit anymore. Um, but yeah, they they should be turning the corner here within the next two years or so. I would I would say. And Pirates have a good farm system. Else, Cubs have a good farm system. Cardinals farm system's good. Uh, so uh, National League Central will probably be down here for a year or two, but then it'll be back probably back yep. up to where it was yep. hopefully there's hope yep uh moving on to word association real quick you know the drill i give you somebody something and you say what your thoughts on them are so um let's see here i'll bring up the word association here we go uh word association i have seven players from the 1984 miami dolphins and seven players from the 1984 Chicago Cubs, uh, two of the best teams in each uh, franchise's history. You had a good year in '84. Yeah. Yeah. It was about eight years mm-hmm. from being born, but uh, you had a good one. <laughs> yeah. uh, starting good with year. Dan Marino. Uh, man, quick release. No Super Bowl victory though. Uh, yeah. Maybe the greatest player to ever play and not win a championship. Yeah, I'll even go on record and say Dan Marino, until Patrick Mahomes came to the league, I think Dan Marino's the greatest thrower of the football ever uh, with yeah. that release, arm strength, accuracy. But now you're seeing Patrick Mahomes do this kind of stuff, and you're like, man, I, I he, he would have thrown 90 touchdowns back in the day. Yeah, with the rules that they have today. And, and I, yeah. I would say uh, Josh Allen also has a mm-hmm. real fast release. And, mm-hmm. But Marino was one of a kind coming up. I mean, yeah. when you even watch his games now, you just say, wow, as soon as he thought about it, that ball was out yeah. of his hand. He and he I'm looked, sorry. watching video of him back then, he looked like a modern quarterback today besides his – He really did, yeah. His, his lack of athleticism, but the way he threw the ball, right. for sure. He wasn't athletic, but he could move. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't get sacked much. I mean, he knew when the pressure was coming. A little bit like Tom Brady, I would yeah. say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mark Clayton. Wow, fast. He was exciting. Uh, he was one of the first small uh, receivers that I remember that could just get open. And mm-hmm. as long as you had a good quarterback, Dan Marino, that could hit him, I mean, he was to the races. He was fun over the middle. Uh, that's where he seemed to shine, over the middle. Uh, Mark Duper. Mark Duper, same thing, but he was fast, straight line. Uh, he didn't go over the middle much. In fact, he used to make me mad. He'd go over the middle, he'd get hit, and he'd fumble the ball. But, man, straight speed, he'd blow everybody away. He yeah. was, again, another small guy, five foot nine. Yeah, both of them were 5'9", weren't they? They were, both 5'9". Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Nathan. Tony Nathan, the running back that could do everything. He could catch the ball. He could run the ball. He could block. I mean, he really is what... I think made Dan Marino partly who he was mm-hmm. because he just gave him another tool and he was just so smart back there. So yeah. he, he was a great ball player. Uh, Nat Moore. Nat Moore. Everybody thought he was going to retire number 89. I still remember against the Chicago bears, uh, the biggest game I've ever watched 1985. I mean, they were going to cover the Duper and Clayton guys and Nat Moore had a heyday. He was just a great guy, third down receiver that could get open for his age. I mean, he he was, he was not good. young then. Yeah, so. uh, yeah, that's your favorite, probably regular season game of any sporting event ever. Uh, By was, far. The 80, yeah. was the eighty five Monday night game, but uh, just watching highlights of that, you knew it was probably the Dolphins' night when Marino threw a ball off of a helmet and it ended up right in who? What was that? <laughs> Nat Moore that, that caught was, it? No, was that was it, Clayton. Was it Clayton, Clayton that caught it? About 30 yards downfield. Yeah. Right into his hand. Easy yeah. touchdown. Yeah. yeah. That was a great game. Uh, Kim Bocamper. Bocamper, uh, he was really uh, made that defense stable. But here's kind of what my philosophy is. When you have a really good offense, you usually don't have a good defense. And I think there's a reason for that. 
Uh, it was at, in 1984 that the killer bees started to get bad. Mm-hmm. And nobody could figure out. Same defense they had in 1982, but then you had Marino in 83-84. So now teams are coming in knowing they have to score 30, 30 points a game. So it changes everything. People are on the defense, but really it might be as much the offense's fault as the defense because yeah, they, they have to score every time they touch the ball. Yeah, I've never even yeah. thought about that. Um, but, yeah. yeah, you you don't see – I mean, Tom Brady had some good defenses, but none of them were like elite defenses. They were right. earlier in his career, but then he started throwing 50 touchdowns and the defenses weren't as good. Um, yeah. uh, Mahomes never ha- has never had a good defense, it seems right. like. Uh, Pey- Peyton had a really good defense in Denver. Uh, but that's about the only guy I can think of that had like an elite defense. That was also an elite quarterback. Rogers has never had that great of a defense, neither Favre. Right. But really with Peyton in Denver, he was at the end of his career and he needed a great defense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. he would not have won the Super Bowl on his offense. Yeah. De- but yeah even, definitely not. Even Buffalo Bills on paper, they're a great defense, but they gave up a lot. I mean, they mm-hmm. gave up 60 points to the Dolphins. No, 90 points to the Dolphins yeah. this year. I mean, and that was what the third string quarterback, the last one was. Yeah, I know, I know it. Um, and Mahomes, they give up a lot. I mean, think of Minnesota Vikings, arguably the the best receiver in all of football, maybe the best ever. Uh, but yet they that defense, which is a pretty good defense, they give up more points than anybody. Yeah, it's so, it's weird how that works. I never even thought it about is weird. that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, AJ Dewey. AJ Dewey, uh, I still remember 1983 AFC championship game. I know he was on the 84 team too, but they didn't have any offense at all. But he came out, I think it was 82. He came out and in a terrible downpour, he had three picks. I think one of them for a touchdown. (laughs) Uh, He was just a great middle linebacker, big eyes, kind of like Singletary. Uh, but in 1984, he was the key to their their defense too. Yeah, I I think I sent you a clip of it and asked if you remembered when the like whatever anniversary it was, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like the 40th year anniversary or something like that. Yeah, they were but playing yeah, the New York Jets. Yep, in the yep. mud bowl. Yep. Uh, yep. Switch switching to the Cubs, Ryan Sandberg. I think he's the best second baseman uh, uh, that I ever remember playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he was a classy guy. I mean. 30-30 was a normal, it seemed pretty normal for him, the potential of being a 30-30 guy, but great defense. Again, classy guy. I still like to hear him talk, even mm-hmm. though he's not the most articulate. He knows baseball. Yep. Uh, Bobby Dernier. I mean, he was a great uh, center fielder, leadoff guy. Uh, I mean, he he was kind of, they called him bread and butter. He and Sandberg, he was number one. Sandberg batted number two. And I think not 84. No, Grace wasn't part of 84. Maybe no. it was Palmero. It was somebody really good that, that batted number three. Uh, he probably on the list, Leon Durham. Yep, Leon Durham. I think he was their cleanup guy. Uh, first baseman, really good first baseman. Uh, he was. He must have been right before Rafael Palmero. Yeah, and yeah Paul, Palmero was more like 87 to 90, I believe, and then Grace yeah. kind of took mm-hmm. over. Yep. Yeah, and, and Leon Durham – was the one reason why they didn't beat the Padres in the NLCS in 84 yeah, the ball I forgot about that. He, yeah, yeah, he was uh he was um Bill Buckner before Bill Buckner did his thing. And Bill Buckner was a cub by yeah. the way. I, I, th- I think he, he was on that team actually in 84. I think um, he was, yeah. It might be towards the end of his tenure there, but uh Keith yeah. Moreland. Keith Moreland, terrible announcer. <laughs> I hated him when he was he wasn't that great was, announcer, but he was terrible. He was just scrappy out there. I mean, he he was the he was a player's player. Mm-hmm. You knew he was going to give everything. He was going to go 100 miles an hour. Pretty good hitter, decent defender. Yeah, uh, he was fun to watch though. What what was his nickname? Zonk was that his name? Nickname Zonk uh, or something like that? Man, I can't remember what it was. Uh, Keith Moreland. Uh, I can't remember what yeah. it was. He was uh, redheaded. But, I know. Yes, I, I'm sure Harry Carey said something about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rick Sutcliffe, speaking of red hair. Yeah, Sutcliffe, the red bear. Man, you knew when he got the ball, he was going to throw a lot of innings, keep the score low. I mean, he was really fun to watch. Now, he mm-hmm. was Cy Young winner. I don't know in, if it was 84. Yeah, in so 84? he started the year with Cleveland, and the Cubs traded for That's him. Right. 
And he was so good. I think he won 16 games after the Cubs trade for him that he ended up winning the Cy Young that year. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Eckersley. Dennis Eckersley. I mean, he went on to be one of the best closers. Yeah. One of the best closers ever. Uh, I don't think he was a closer for the Cubs. He the wasn't. Whole time, he was a starter. Was I think he was a yeah. starter. Yeah. And uh, I mean, he's more known for what he became after he left the Cubs, but yeah. he was pretty good. Pretty good starter for the Cubs, 1980. Yep. And gave up maybe the most famous home run in baseball history to uh, Bob Gibson. You're right. Not Bob yeah. Gibson, Kirk Gibson. Kirk Gibson, yeah. Yep. Uh, last one here, Lee Smith. Lee Smith, yeah. I think he still comes to the ballpark some. Yeah. Lee Smith, uh, he's in the Cubs Hall of Fame. Yeah, um, I, I remember when we went to spring training back in like 2011, he, he was there just kind of hanging out. I remember yeah. just maybe signing autographs and stuff. Yeah, he, I mean, when you had a lead in the eighth and ninth and you put him in, you could lock it down pretty good. I think one year he had, didn't he have 50? Yeah. Maybe 84, he had 50 saves, something like that. Yeah, he he had a bunch. Um, yeah. yeah, and and that was back when closers would throw multiple innings, which I, I think right. that's starting to come back a little bit. I do too, um, yeah. But yeah, back, back then you'd see closers throw like 100 innings in, in seasons. Right. Uh, which yeah. just doesn't happen anymore. Which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely um, crazy. Yeah. Um, Word Association is brought to you by Proforma Print 2 Promo Group. Uh, are you looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company pin- picnic, or sales meeting? Uh, Proforma has over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all their pr- your print needs. You need to look no further. Let us be your one-source print promotional company. Call today at 574-210-3815 or email barbara.vanweinsberg at proforma.com. Uh, moving on to on this day, we'll get through this real quick, then we can talk some college hoops. I'm going to bring up the sports page. Um, on this day, in 1874, baseball was first played in England at Lord's Cricket Ground. 1874. Hmm. On, Lord's Cricket Ground. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, under, I don't understand cricket at all. I don't um, either, yeah. Yeah. On this day in 1959, Boston Celtic Bob Cousy set the then NBA record with 28 assists. Uh, the Boston Celtics scored 173 points against Minneapolis Lakers. I believe. What year the, was that? 1959. 59. Yep. I believe the NBA record is still held by Plymouth, Indiana high school grad Scott Skiles, who had 31 in a game with wow. the Orlando Magic. I believe that's still mm-hmm. the record. Um, 1963, Mickey Mantle of the New York Yankees signed a contract worth $100,000. If wow. you put Mickey Mantle's numbers in his prime in today's money, he, he'd be half a billion dollars easily. Oh, yeah. yeah, the hundred thousand dollars was that a one year contract? Um, it doesn't say it, it might have been a one year contract, which back in '63 mm. was a lot of money. That would have been a lot of money, um, yeah, yeah. Um, on this day in 1987, NCAA canceled SMU's entire 1987 football schedule for gross violations of NCAA rules regarding athletic corruption. I remember there was an ESPN documentary about that. That was real interesting. Uh, They pretty much got the death penalty. Yeah. Death penalty. Um, And that is going to do it for On This Day. There wasn't a whole lot this week. Um, On This Day is brought to you by Mooney Woodcrafts. Mooney Woodcrafts, let's see. Uh, Mooney Woodcrafts is a uh, veteran-owned and operated woodcraft shop based out of North Carolina with Indiana grassroots. They provide 100% hand-cut custom designs to fit your needs, and their pieces are a great addition to any home, office, or man cave. You can see some of their recently completed projects at Mooney Woodcrafts on Instagram and Twitter. Let them know the Tan and J-Man show sent you for 15% off your order. Get By the way, I got a got a text from your mother who uh, said Keith Moreland's name was Zonk. His nickname was Zonk. That's right. Zonk, yep. And if anybody knows, she knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, college hoops. Switch into that real quick. Um 
in the Big Ten, it was it's always a crazy week, but you see Purdue lose a home game to Indiana. You see Illinois lose to a terrible Ohio State team. You see Northwestern blow an 18-point lead to Illinois and lose in the second half. Uh, Maryland looks like they've turned into be the maybe the third best team in the conference. Michigan's right back on that uh, NCAA tourney bubble. Penn State blew a 19-point lead yesterday, uh, and they were right on the bubble, and that probably knocks them off. Wisconsin beats Iowa. Iowa comes back from 13 down with a minute and a half left to beat Michigan State. It was an absurd week, really all around college hoops. Arizona State went into Arizona and won on a half-court buzzer beater. Um, that was unbelievable. Yeah, that was crazy. Flor- Florida State came back from 25 down at Miami and won on the last second three. And Florida State's terrible and Miami's good. Um, so, yeah, college college hoops is just absurd right now. Doesn't it seem like there's always a weekend like this? Mm-hmm. Big upsets, big comebacks. Yeah. I mean, stuff you'd never even imagine happen. Um, yeah. Usually there's one or two weekends a year, kind of like in every sport. There's just a weird sports weekend. Yeah, it and it feels like it happens late February a lot because right. I mean mm-hmm. conference championships are starting next week, which is a which is crazy. Seems like the season just started. This is the last week of uh, regular season Big Ten basketball. Um, so yeah, teams- I just want to say it for all your friends out there too, you, you realize you're getting married on the weekend of the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> yeah, uh, this was a compromise because it was either this or the uh, first weekend of the NCAA tournament. So yeah, I you thought picked the right weekend. I I, I thought it, it would be better if they missed the semifinal of the Big Ten tournament than it would be if they missed a round of thirty-two game or something. It's a little well, more. They're going to have there. a lot of fun at your wedding. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they're going to um, be sneaking on their phones too. I'm probably going to be sneaking on my phone quite a bit. <laughs> um, but now, if Illinois is not in it, which We'll talk about Illinois, but uh, Purdue and Indiana, which are uh, my friend's favorite teams, they uh, both have a real good shot uh, to get yeah. there. Um, speaking of the Purdue-Indiana game, I only watched a handful of minutes mm-hmm. of that game. I watched the first half, and then I didn't really watch the second half. Didn't think Indiana really had a prayer, especially after Indiana beat them in Indiana. I thought Purdue would come right. out. Me too. Guns a-blazing. That, Matt, I mean, we've both of you have been, you and I have been to Mackey Arena, and we know how loud – Oh, it's that crazy loud. arena, like to, to the point your ears hurt. Um, and I thought there was no way Indiana would go in there and win. And Trace Jackson Davis didn't score a single point in the first half. And they somehow yeah, 10 points all together. That was, yeah. It. Somehow yeah. found themselves down just five. Their freshman guard, Jalen Hood, Shafino, 35 points. He reminds me so much of Io DeSumo. That was um, unbelievable. Yeah. His size. Yeah. He is such a great mid-range jumper uh, shooter, mm-hmm. uh, which is what – that, that was kind of Io's bread and butter, a little crossover, hit a little mid-range jumper. Right. Um, but I think Purdue's been a little bit exposed here the past three weeks or so. They've lost four games here in the last couple weeks. Um, they – for their entire win streak, the first, you know, three and a half months of the season, three months of the season or so, it's like, man – Zach Eady's really good, but they're also getting really good contribution from everyone else. Well, the freshman walls kind of hit Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer um, to the point where it would not surprise me if Purdue is a one or two seed that gets knocked out in the round of 32. They need a lot more from those guys because, I mean, we've we, we've seen it uh, last year. Illinois was Kofi Coburn and maybe Trent Frazier knocks in some shots or Alfonso Plummer, but if those guys go cold, you have no shot. Um, right. which is which has kind of been the theme here the past few weeks for Purdue. And I think if a team they face, they, it's all about draw in the NCAA tournament. And if right. they draw a team that has really athletic guards that can go and post-trap Zach Eady, I think they're really going to struggle. Yeah, it does remind me a lot of Illinois with Kofi. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to take anything from Purdue. They're a great team. They're probably the best coach team in the I Big agree. Ten. No I maybe the country. I think Matt Painter might be the best coach in the country. I do too. But I mean, you have a superstar. Uh, you're going to be feeding him the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, I teams, smart teams, know how to play against that. They catch up with him eventually. They study all of his weaknesses, and he's still going to have 25 a game. Mm-hmm. But it's the other guys around him yes. that if they're not hitting, I mean, you, one guy can't win a game. That's just all there is to it. And 
I actually think I'm wondering as much as it pains me to say this, if Indiana is the best team in the big 10. I mean, I still, I don't think you'd vote against uh, Purdue. Certainly they have a resume that's unbelievable, but right now, if you just take them right now, how are they playing? I think Indiana's playing as good as anybody I've seen in the big 10. Yeah. I mean, they're two headed monster with hood. Shafino's looking like a superstar now. And Trace Jackson Davis already a superstar. Uh, and, and then you add in a Miller cop who's one of the better defenders in um, the big 10 who can also shoot Trey Galloway from Culver military Academy. Good glue guy. Race Thompson's had his moments. Um, right now I would say they're the best team in the big 10. I think they're playing the best basketball um, and they're still missing their point guard, Xavier Johnson. I don't know if they're a better team. If he comes back, broke his foot against Kansas. Um, but yeah, I, I think as of right now, I would say, they're the best team in the Big Ten, but Maryland is right on their heels because Maryland beat them. Maryland's coming up. Um, yeah, yeah. Maryland's won. They 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 won. They looked really good, but then I just now remembered they lost at Nebraska last Sunday. Uh, mm. But that's just kind of the way it is in the Big Ten. Nebraska's beating about everyone right now. It feels like. Um, yeah. Big Ten's hard to play on the road. Yeah, um, it, it it is, and it's more so even this year than it's ever been. Uh, road yeah, teams just weird. aren't winning um, yep. at all. Yep, so. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I I would agree with you. I think uh, Indiana, Purdue, Maryland are the top mm-hmm. three. And again, I think you can interchange Purdue and Indiana. I mean, again, I'm not going to vote against Purdue. Uh, they certainly deserve to have the best record. But that record's been tainted lately. And think about this. If Northwestern would have beaten Illinois, at least for a day, they would have been tied for yeah. first place. <laughs> Which yeah. is crazy. And yeah, Illinois I, was up by eight, or Northwestern <coughs> was up by 18 at halftime. Yeah, and 16 with 10 minutes left, too. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Terrence Shannon went scorched earth. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think Northwestern had their fun in the sun, and now they're going to fall back. They're going to be an NCAA right. tournament team, uh, which right. is all they, they really hope for there. Um, right. But, yeah, uh, just the, the Big Ten tournament's going it, to – it's always crazy, and it's always fun, but it seems like this year, because they're – like six or seven teams that are right there, 10 and eight, nine and nine, nine and eight, 10 and seven. There's so many teams bundled together that um, you you could go from being in second place all the way down to eighth in the span of two days. Oh, um, easily. Which, which brings me to the university of Illinois. Um, They had that great come from behind win. thought that was going to be the turning point. And then they come out yesterday and it just, it was an absolute dud. Uh, zero energy, no life whatsoever. With the way it started, like this is great. Matt Meyer hit a three early. Coleman Hawkins got a steal and dunk early, got another steal, and then he missed a layup. And Ohio State went on an 8 0 run right away, and they got down 8 5. Um, and then they get down 15 in the first half, it's 12 at halftime. Come back, cut it to one. Seems like they don't start playing until they're down double digits. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna come back to bite you too. And then one bad offensive you know, said, I mean, Epps took a long three-point shot, missed it horribly. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like that changed everything for yeah. a while because they were down by one. They would have been up. He misses it. And Ohio State goes on a run, like 8-0 run. Yeah. So, and that was really the end of the game. Illinois showed some spark after that. Yeah. But this team's just so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. It's maddening. There's no doubt about it. Um, and I don't know, maybe at the beginning of the season when we saw what they could be, our expectations went up. This yes. is a totally different team than last year with a lot of freshmen on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe we just set our expectations too high after the first couple of weeks, and now we're getting to see what they really are. But we, we, I thought Brad Underwood could coach them to be a really good team in the Big Ten. Um, yeah. I don't think everybody responds to Underwood's t- style of coaching well. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the younger guys, even the the freshmen that walked off the team, uh, I, I just don't think some of them respond well to that. Yeah. Not saying he should change it. He's a pretty good coach, but yeah. yeah. He, he, he's even mentioned that he's had to coach this group differently, especially after got they it. got blown out by Missouri. Uh, which was an embarrassing loss. He's he, he said I he, I just because because there were times where he just go and scream at them, like right. go just off on them in the huddle, and it obviously didn't work. So he had to switch some things up. Then they went on that nice win streak. Thought things were turned back around, and now 
they 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 have four games guaranteed left. Two in the regular season, one big turn tournament, and one they're they're going to make the NCAA tournament. I'm not worried about that, but they might be a playing game at this point um, if they continue down this path. But they are who they are at this point, right. uh, which is which is frustrating. Their their two wins are arguably the two best win collection of two wins any Big Ten team has this year. UCLA yeah. and Texas. Texas is going to be a two seed. UCLA might be a one seed. Um, they also got down 15 in the second half in both of those games. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so they would they, you love the grit, but you yeah. just say, why don't we just not get stop down? It. Yeah, <laughs> stop getting down. 15. And this team just doesn't start well. They don't. I don't it's, know what it, it is, especially on the road. All, se- all, all season long. They they were tied with a terrible Minnesota team at home uh with like two minutes left right. in the first half. Um and they are not a good shooting team. They are 12th in the Big Ten in three-point field goal percentage and first in attempts uh, to the point where Brad Underwood said in his post-game, um, uh, post-game press conference, he said, I've never been one to tell guys not to shoot it, but we're getting real close to that. So he sees it. <laughs> well, when um, you realize they're like number one in the paint, though. Yeah. Number one yeah. or number two in the they, paint, then go to the paint every time. They are leading the Big Ten in two-point field goal percentage. Yet yeah. Then, they keep then jacking twos. up. Yeah, these yeah. off balance, terrible threes. There's a reason why they're dead last, uh, which right. is what Underwood said. Um, an Illinois fan tweeted, and it's about where I'm at right now. Uh, the guy tweeted, I don't hate this team, but when this is over in three weeks, I'm not gonna miss it either. Uh, which <laughs> which, which is pretty which is pretty much where I'm at um mm-hmm. at this point. But you know, the crazy thing about this team though, they have two tough games, Michigan at home, Purdue on the road. When they were playing good, I could see them win both of these yeah. games. Yeah. Uh, I, I could also see them losing both of them. I still think you put Illinois' best, or if every team in the Big Ten played at their absolute best, I still think Illinois is the best team in the Big Ten. And that's where it's been just so fresh. And this has been one of my least favorite teams to watch here in the past right. and so five years. Definitely in the Underwood era, because you knew the first right. two years they weren't going to be very good. Uh, and then, of course, they were likable in 1920, 2021, 21, But this team had expectations. They got up to like 12th in the country, and then they just fell back. And this was the first week that they did not receive at least one top 25 vote. Um, so Underwood's teams had been peaking at this point in the season the past couple of years, but not this one for sure. Not this one. Yeah, yep. definitely. Uh, before- and if you don't get that, if you don't get that top four, I mean – Top four means uh, double buy, right? Yep. Yeah. And, of course, Indiana and, didn't have a double buy last year, and they won the Big Ten, didn't they? Uh, I, I Iowa won the Big Ten tournament. Oh, last Iowa. Year. Did. Okay. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I don't think Iowa was a top four seed, but they got hot. They um, definitely got hot. Yeah, and they could do that this year. They just so, can't play yeah. defense. They just can't yeah. play defense. Yeah, I, I was scoring eighty nine points a game at home and only 60 some on the road. So that's unbelievable. Uh, which, which brings me to this. Let's pick some games here within the past next minute or so before we have to go. Iowa at Indiana tomorrow night. I I think Indiana and a laugher. Uh, I, I, I think Indiana or I think Iowa will be able to keep it close, but again, they don't shoot well on the road. So I could see Indiana right. winning by 15, uh, but give me, give me Indiana a big game here for Penn state. They play at Northwestern on Wednesday. I say Northwestern. I think Penn State's done. Yeah. Um, Penn State's a scary team, though, because of their ability to they shoot are. the ball. Um, yeah. But, yeah, give me, uh, man, give me Northwestern and a real close one at home. Yeah, I think it would be close. Uh, Thursday night we have Michigan at Illinois. I'm going to stay with Illinois. I think this is for pride now. Yeah. Uh, 100% agree. Um, give me Illinois in a close one. Michigan's starting to play well. Uh, last one here before I give you birdie bogey, Illinois at Purdue Sunday afternoon. You know, I, I think it's going to be very close, just like Illinois going into Indiana, but I think Purdue squeaks it out, but I think it's going to be a close game. This will be the J man's book it prediction of the week. Um, I have zero confidence in this and I think Purdue wins by at least 15 points. They won't be able to stop Edie. I just think, Purdue, after losing a home game on Saturday, won't let it happen again. 
Uh, so Purdue big. J-Man's Book of Prediction Week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watching for Life Home Auto Business Renters Workers Comp and Farm Insurance. Contact Travis at 219-869-4561. Birdie bogey time. In 2016, what Cubs starting pitcher led Major League Baseball in ERA? Yeah, I was thinking right away uh, 2015, Arietta, but Kyle Hendricks was the man. Yeah, you, you got hey. it. You hey, got hey, it. Yeah, because I, I think a, a lot of people would have said either Arietta or John Lester. Right. Uh, but, yeah, Kyle Hendricks, 2.13 Hendrick. ERA yeah, he was in 2016. Yep. Uh, all right, Dad, thanks for joining me tonight. It's been a fun, a fun show. Um, have a great week, everybody. Tanner will be back next Monday for episode 329. Have a fantastic week, everybody.